Hey everyone, welcome to Health Addicts. Before we get started though, remember, this show is for entertainment purposes only, meaning I'm not your doctor. So if you have questions about the information and content on this show, ask your doctor, okay? Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, everybody, welcome to the first video ever podcast of the Health Addict Show. I'm your host, Tommy J, and we're going to be talking about a lot today. We're going to actually go over over-the-counter pain medications because I feel like a lot of people are on them, they take them, they kind of don't understand them sometimes, so it's kind of a good thing to cover because you don't want to overdose, you don't want to take multiple kinds and not realize it. So for your safety, we're going to talk about over-the-counter pain medication. So what do I mean by over-the-counter? I mean that you can walk into the store purchase it and walk out of it. You don't have to go see a doctor. You don't have to go see the pharmacist. You don't have to fill a prescription. You can just go right in, pick it up and walk out, which is great because you don't want to have to go to the doctor every time you need some kind of pain medication. That's silly. There's a lot of good medications over the counter that'll help with arthritis, like headaches, pains, muscle aches, spasms. So there's no reason every time to go see a doctor when you have pain, when you just go to the store, take some pain medication and feel better overall. So the first one we're gonna talk about is acetaminophen. Acetaminophen is an over-the-counter pain medication. It's also an antipyretic, meaning it helps reduce fevers. It's a great medication. It's very safe overall. You can take a lot of it and still have some relief and not worry about overdosing. But there is some recommendations that come with it. So acetaminophen is different than a lot of the over-counter medications like NSAIDs and other things like aspirin. So these medications work by actually telling the brain to stop reducing pain. So pretty much it hits your brain receptors and says you're not having pain. It's not actually stopping the pain. It's not stopping the inflammatory process that's happening. It's just telling your brain that there isn't actually pain happening. And this works on the COX-1 and COX-2 levels. Um, we'll go more into that once we get into the NSAIDs levels, but acetaminophen actually isn't fully understand how it works, but we know it does relieve pain and it does help reduce a fever. Another great thing about acetaminophen is it's very easy to take. It's not harsh on your stomach. It can be harsh on your liver if you take high doses of it, but overall, you don't have to eat to take it. You can take it right away when you're feeling some pain, which is kind of important. You want to take something right away when you're having pain. So acetaminophen it's just really easy to take overall, and most people can take it if you can take some kind of pain medication. So typical dose is about 325 milligrams, which is one pill. You usually take one pill every four to six hours. You really don't want to take more than 12 in a 24-hour period, which is a lot. You're talking about almost 4,000 milligrams because there's other doses too. You got to remember there's 500, and then there's 650 extended release, and then there's prescription levels, Tylenol. So you have to be careful with how much you're taking. Also, there's a lot of cold medications that have acetaminophen in it. So you might take some Tylenol in the morning for pain, and then you start taking cold medication. You might not understand how much actual acetaminophen you're taking that day because there could be 325 in that pill you take. There could be 200 in the cold medicine that you're taking, and then there could be another 200 in that uh, migraine medication that you're taking. There's a lot of acetaminophen used in pain relief and other medications, so you have to watch how much acetaminophen you're taking in a day. So... There's other ones called non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, and these are your NSAIDs. These are the ones that you're commonly more like ibuprofen, naproxen, ketoprofen, aspirin. These are very more powerful drugs compared to acetaminophen, and they definitely work better on pain. So we're going to start talking about those now. 
Now, an NSAID is different than acetaminophen because we kind of know, know more why it works. It works on the molecular level around your neurotransmitters. It's releasing coax1, coax2, which is cyclooxygenase, and what that's telling your body to do is not produce prostaglandin, which is an inflammatory mechanism. It tells those nerves, hey, we're having pain. It inflames and it sends those messages to your brain. So what we're doing is we're inhibiting that message being sent using prostaglandin. So that's how NSAIDs work in general. Now, where acetaminophen is processed in the liver, your NSAIDs are more processed than your kidneys. Your body filtrates them out and you pee them out. So that's why if you have kidney disease or other diseases that affect your kidneys, you really don't want to be taking a ton of NSAIDs because it can be really harsh on your kidneys, especially if you're already having problems. So acetaminophen might be something else you could take instead just because it's processed in the liver versus the kidneys and vice versa. If you're having liver problems, you don't want to take a ton of acetaminophen. You might want to be taking more NSAIDs but then there comes with bleeding issues and you more have to look into what fits your scenario better. So you have to remember too, NSAIDs actually help promote clotting, which isn't a good thing, especially if you're having already risks of heart attack and stroke. So there's studies that show that there's been increased chances of 40% of heart attack and stroke just from taking ibuprofen and naproxen. Naproxen's a little bit less, but ibuprofen definitely increases those chances. Aspirin, on the other hand, is the only one that doesn't do that. That's actually been shown to decrease your chances of clots by using an enzyme and reduces clots. So if you're having chance or risk of heart attack or stroke, actually doctors will prescribe you to have maybe a baby dose of aspirin or a larger dose of aspirin. 81, 325, it doesn't, it's just, they might promote that instead. But if you're in risk for stroke or heart attack, you shouldn't be taking a whole lot of these NSAIDs because it does promote clotting. Stand two is, if you're taking too much or you're taking on an empty stomach, it could increase your chance of stomach bleeding, especially if you already have stomach ulcers. So you have to watch your doses here. It can be dangerous, you know? I mean, even though it's over-the-counter, there's a lot of problems that come with over-the-counter medications just because people think they're safe. They think that that LD5050, there might be a little bit less compared to where prescription medications are, but you still have risks with a lot of these medications that are available over-the-counter. So you have to be careful. That's why you have to stick with the doses that they provide you with. They've shown to be safe levels for most adults. I mean, if you're a large, large person, it could be different. Or if you're a smaller person, that can be also different. But in general, the doses are there to keep you safe. So in general, a non-prescription ibuprofen, it's 200 milligrams per pill. You shouldn't be taking more than six pills in a day. That's one every four hours. And that will decrease your risk of having stomach ulcers and increasing your chance of stroke and heart attack with those clotting effects. Naproxen, same thing. You shouldn't be taking more than one pill every eight to 12 hours. That's a different type of mechanism. It's eight to 12 hours because it's 220. So these medications are set at these levels so that you take them in a prescribed level. Aspirin's kind of same thing. You shouldn't be taking more than 12 pills in 24 hours, especially if it's like the baby dose 81 because you know, 81, 325, 500. Depends on what your doctor has you on a regimen for. Just make sure you're taking the safe amount of levels and especially don't give aspirin to children. So if you're giving a aspirin to children, it can cause something called Ray's syndrome. So if they already have a viral infection, the flu, chicken pox, et cetera, et cetera, all these other viral infections children can get, it can cause an inflammatory response. So these endotoxins are released with this mitochondrial effects and it has a cytokine response. This is all immune stuff. And pretty much it causes this cascading effect of immune response to the actual virus that's being there and it makes it worse. So these kids can have increased fevers, they can have muscle spasms, they can actually start becoming unconscious, having brain effects because of the disease itself. 
So early signs are like diarrhea, vomiting, um, but it can really progress. Patient, I mean, children have gone unconscious. They have seizures with this because of an inflammatory response in the brain. So don't give your kids aspirin. It's not a good idea. The race syndrome is something so avoidable. Just don't do it. Watch what you're supposed to be giving your children. Get children medications, dosages. That way you can keep your children safe. So we're kind of in that area now, which is kind of a good spot to start because with COVID-19 going around, it's a good idea to talk about NSAIDs because there's a lot of talk about should you be taking an NSAID while you're maybe possibly infected with COVID-19, the current novel coronavirus that's going around. And the most simple answer is no. So there might not be a ton of research on it as far as whether you should or shouldn't. But if we already know that NSAIDs do have a counter effect with viral infections, meaning it can cause a more immune response to the virus and hurt you in a negative way, why would you set yourself up potentially to have a worse infection with the COVID-19? We already know that it has a bad infection rate as so far. As far as to the flu, the death rate is a little bit higher. We're looking already at 4%, almost 5% in the United States, which is way worse than the flu. As in the flu may infect more people, but the people that catch COVID-19 are having a higher death rate with this infection. So personally, if you can avoid taking NSAIDs with any kind of flu-like symptoms, I would say yes, don't take them. Take something like Tylenol or any other acetaminophen products. This will definitely decrease your chance of having a viral counter effect with these NSAIDs. I know a lot of people have arthritis and muscle cramps and a lot of pain and acetaminophen just, just doesn't work as well as these. But if you're having fevers and everything else that come with these viral infections, especially flu-like symptoms or even possibly COVID-19, you shouldn't be taking NSAIDs. Be very, very careful. If you're on a scheduled and said right now and you think you have symptoms i would talk to your doctor especially on any things like aspirin and things like that i wouldn't be too worried about aspirin as an adult but talk to your doctor because it could be something serious you don't want to have other problems especially with the amount of stress that's on the medical field right now i'm telling you hospitals are very very busy and it's gonna be really hard to be treated especially if you have an inflamed response with that cytokine response that happens with covid19 all right, folks, that's it on NSAIDs and over-the-counter pain medications. I just wanted to go over them with you so you had a better understanding of what to take. Remember, headaches takes acetaminophen. It works in the brain, actually, so it probably works better for headaches. If you're having muscular pain, stiffness, arthritis, those NSAIDs probably work better for that. But just be careful when you're taking them, okay? Make sure you're sticking to the doses. Make sure you're not overusing them. If you're on NSAID for more than 10 to 12 days, you should be talking to your doctor because it could have other issues with them. And just make sure you understand that you need to keep yourself safe, okay? Folks, take care, stay addicted to your health, and I'll see you next time.